0: What is the Ad Council? Can you give us an overview of the Ad Council and what it does?
1: Absolutely. So we've been around since 1942, so somewhat of an institution. When you think back to our history, we started with James Webb Young. He was the co-founder of Young and Rubicam back in 1941, and he addressed the giants of the industry and said, how do we come up with an organization that can bring the entire advertising industry together in service of social good?
0: Welcome to Worthy for 30, a podcast hosted by Eric Tash. Eric is a brand marketer who spent time in both the startup and corporate worlds. Throughout his career, he's come across remarkable leaders who set clear examples for how to do good and give back. Eric sits down with some of the most sought after entrepreneurs and C-suite executives to discuss how they're able to unlock deeper meaning in their work by infusing their core fundamental values. Worthy for 30, where doing good and doing well meet. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Worthy for 30. This afternoon, I have the pleasure of bringing on a friend and colleague, Lori Keith of the Ad Council. Lori, great to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Great to see you again. Yeah, likewise. It's
0: so funny. Our world is so interconnected. Notwithstanding, I met Lori about four years ago through our mutual friend, Jeff Ragovin at a Digital Fork dinner. So the folks that are listening... If you're looking to connect with amazing people, amazing marketers, I highly suggest checking out and looking at DigitalFork.com. Jeff hosts uh, these quarterly dinners that's that's curated with marketers uh, such as Lori. Lori has a very interesting career progression, which is why I invited her on my show, the premise of worthy for 30 is to bring on business leaders who are doing good while doing well. Lori, I usually ask my guests about their careers and how they got to where they are now, but what's very interesting doing my research. You started off in media and advertising mm-hmm. first couple of years out of college, and then you reached an inflection point on what else is out there. What if There's something missing. Can you just mm-hmm. help us understand and ground us in your, of course, your time at the Ad Council, but what that inflection point was and what it compelled you to do?
1: Yeah, so you're absolutely right. I started my career on the media side of the business. I knew graduating from Michigan State, there was different avenues I could explore within the advertising umbrella. And I chose media because at the time, my end goal at coming right out of college was to be in advertising sales. I thought it would be so awesome to like work at a big media company and sell advertising and that I really was suited, my personality was suited well for that. And so that's why I started on the media agency side of the business so that I could understand that side of the business so I would be a, a better better at advertising sa- sales. And so that's why I worked I worked at big agencies. I started in Chicago at Starcom MediaVest Group. I worked both at a local selling it's not selling but strategy and planning for Allstate Insurance and then I moved over to a buying desk where I was buying national television for Applebees. Then I moved to Los Angeles where I worked at Mindshare to work on the Ford Automotive account. And then I moved over to Initiative Media to work on a QSR Carl's Jr. Hardee's quick service restaurant account. And so it was around that time that I was starting to reach an inflection point where I really love coming up with strategy and figuring out the best ways to reach people, just really diving deep into target audiences and user behavior, media consumption, behavior habits, and like how to marry the two and really enjoyed that part about my job. But what I was getting less fulfillment from was the accounts that I was working on. My last account I just mentioned was a fast food restaurant. And I was sitting in a meeting figuring out how do we put Paris Hilton on a pickup truck to sell like a (laughs) portobello mushroom burger. And I just had this like moment where I was like, how this is, I have this like amazing, I, I love this strategy, but I'm working on a product that I don't really believe in. And I'm also probably getting men 18 to 49 to eat more hamburgers and that's not <laughs> doing good for the world. And so that was when I was like, okay, there has to be a way for me to use this skill set that I, this experience that I've built in my career to date, but to use it for social good. And I didn't really know what that looked like. I went to the drawing board of my, of just starting to figure out what that looked like. And I, Applied to the United States Peace Corps. I went to that extreme. I thought, well, maybe I need to go to Kazakhstan to teach youth and community development and and English to, to small communities there. That was really intense. And my parents were like, isn't there another route that you could go? And that was when I found the ad council. I was called to jury duty in LA at the time, which is where I was living. And I passed a billboard that I normally wouldn't have passed, but this particular day, it was after the Haiti earthquake back in like 2010. And I, or it was actually 2009. I passed this billboard and it was to help the victims of the Haiti earthquake. And it had the ad council Mm -hmm. logo. And it was this like light bulb moment where I was like, wait, what's the ad council and who are they? And yeah, I looked them up their mission statement, which was to use the power of communications and media to drive social change. Mirrored what I was looking for in my what I had written down as my mission and my career at that point. And the rest was kind of history. They were looking for someone with exactly my experience to help them with local and national like media partnerships. And that was really what I had done for the last five years plus in my career. And yeah, I moved to New York and I have been with the Ad Council for over 12 years. I've been able to reinvent myself at the Ad Council. Started mm-hmm. when we were just starting to build out our media partnerships process and then went on to build our social media side of our media team and overseeing all of our partnerships with all the big social platforms, to now this new job that I'm taking on, which is to focus on emerging media 100% of my time on what does the future state of internet and media look like, the metaverse, our AR, VR, the vision for a potentially decentralized internet through web three and what sort of opportunities and applications we can apply to our work there. So it's been incredible. I've been able to do everything I've really set out to do when I started my job at the Ed Council, which was to use my talent and my experience and, and all of that to drive social change. And thankfully I'm able to do that.
0: that. That's amazing. You mentioned this melding, or at least this is what I inferred. You mentioned this melding of, okay, my, my love and passion for marketing advertising with doing social good. It sounds like you went through an exercise, whether formal or informal of writing down your core values early on in your career, vulnerability <laughs> is the quickest way to trust I'm starting to do or write down my, what are my core values, what are my fundamental values, what what makes me tick, but you're able to put a, a finger on okay, what are the I don't know, two, three, four values that are intrinsic to you that you want to make sure whatever organization you end up working with meshes with those values. Can you speak to that exercise, whether, again, informal or formal?
1: Yeah. I So at that time that I was wanting to find a new path, I was also meditating. I also had learned how to meditate at around the same time. Mm -hmm. So I guess one of my personal values is growth and self-improvement. And I think we're all works in progress. And I always want to feel like I'm continuously growing. And at that point, I was spending a lot of time internal. Really sifting through my own thoughts, reading a lot, and that's what—that's where I feel like I really was able to tone, really tune into. Okay, I want to work in social good. I know that about myself. I know that's what it makes me feel empowered. I was doing a lot of volunteering in LA at the time, and so that's what really made me realize. Okay, I do want to work in social good. What does that actually look like? And I think the thing about the Ad Council, our our core values to be empathetic, to make sure that us as employees and colleagues never judge and really strive to understand the differences that we might have or approaches to complex problems. Another value is to be bold, to think outside of the box. That That is really important to me and resonates with me. Another core value is embracing differences and really understanding that diversity in all forms is what makes our creative stronger and really makes our mindset strong. Impact, I think, was the big one, because I realized I really wanted to work at a company that that did strive to make an impact in society and in people's lives. And of course that is the core of what we do. And so that was a lot of the reason that really drove me to the ad council and then to really be our best selves, to know we come in to every meeting at the Ag Council and every partnership process with the belief that we all have the best intentions and we're there to learn, we're there to improve, and we're, we're there to grow. And I think with that mindset going into any partnership or any meeting or any process, knowing that, okay, some people might not agree, or they might have like different perspectives on how to approach a problem and to just always be there with a listening ear and be open and transparent and so these were all like very core values that really also aligned with who I was as a person. And I think that's what made it so compelling to start working there.
0: No, that's, that, that's excellent. It's funny, like you go on LinkedIn, you go on Twitter and there's just, there's a lot of discourse on toxic environments or why am I not happy at work? And I think it harks back to, is what I'm doing, does that what is what I do or doing align with who I am as a human? Mm. Is there do they espouse my beliefs or more, my core values? And it's great to hear that the ad council's core values or mission statement uh, aligns well with, again, your core fundamental values. Yeah. Shifting gears, a lot of people who are listening are, are, you know are saying to themselves, I've heard of the ad council. I've seen the logo. What is the ad council? Can you give us an overview of the ad council and what it does?
1: Absolutely. So we've been around since 1942. So somewhat of an institution when you think back to our history. We started with James Webb Young. He was the co-founder of Young and Rubicam back in 1941. And he addressed the giants of the industry and said, how do we come up with an organization that can bring the entire advertising industry together in service of social good? And Just three weeks after that was the attacks on Pearl Harbor, and that was when the War Advertising Council was created. That was what we used to be called, the War Advertising Council. Mm -hmm. And we have worked on some of the most iconic campaigns in our nation's history, from Our very first ads, which were the Women in War jobs, the Loose Lips Sink Ships, some campaigns you may have heard of, Mm -hmm. to, of course, Smokey Bear. He's been around since (laughs) 1944. Our wildfire prevention campaign, which, fun fact, our agency, FCB, is still the agency assigned to that campaign. So they've created incredible work. 1947 is when our advisory committee was established, and that is really the committee made up of researchers, philanthropists, education professionals, medical professionals, the people that really understand the pressing issues in the U.S. And they meet to help us identify what our new campaign issues are going to be. Up until where we are today, I think our most iconic probably work that people have seen over the last two years is to slow the spread of coronavirus Mm -hmm. and our huge moonshot effort to get Americans vaccinated, which was our main priority over the last year or so. And then of course, Love Has No Labels is another very iconic campaign focused on diversity and inclusion in America, another key issue. And so we are really, we sit at the unique intersection in our industry where we work with the issue experts, which are the nonprofits and government agencies that are steeped in the issue and really understand why this is an issue and all of the research that goes beyond that. And then to the creative agencies that are assigned campaigns to respond to a creative brief and develop an ad campaign based on that creative brief to the media companies that donate the airspace and time and the ads that you see out there with the Ad Council logo that has been donated to us by the media companies. Of course, we also work with celebrities at micro influencers and entertainment companies and really working with the best and brightest minds in media, technology, advertising, marketing to come together as an industry and develop these social good campaigns that not only are incredibly creative, but are also reaching the right people at the right time. And we're doing all sorts of cool, new, and innovative ways to reach people. People, whether that's a Instagram filter to a live stream, we're really running the gamut of what can we do to get this issue in front of people and to make it so people not only are engaged but are wanting to take action. And yeah, that's what we that's what we do in a nutshell.
0: Uh, excellent. And and when you say making sure that the message gets in front of the right people, so. The right or the intended audience, it seems like every should be concerned about COVID and love has no labels and some of the issues that that you're talking about, because if if it's not directly impacting me, it's impacting a friend or a family member or someone who I care about. When you talk about resonating and engagement, how are you evaluating success that the message has come across?
1: Yeah, that's a really key question. And I think once a campaign launch launches, it's really our work has just begun because to your point, you need to make sure that we actually are driving impact. And so we look at four key metrics when we identify our opportunities and when we look at all of the media that is coming. It's mm-hmm. number one, exposure. So tracking the donated media, support, placement, impressions, what did that look like? And were we able to closely monitor our reach? Awareness, utilizing a continuous tracking instrument that provides us with a steady readout on attitudes and behaviors, doing those both pre and post so that we can understand, you know, have people seen this ad? Did it create a behavior change or an attitude change? The third one is engagement. So what does engagement look like across our campaign websites, our social media platforms, other digital properties or products that we are building? And then lastly, impact, of course, is the most important one. So did we shift behavior? Did we, so for the example of vaccines, how many people in Americans have been vaccinated from the start of the campaign to the to, to where we are now? Every campaign, of course, is different. So for example, I just gave, for vaccine, our Discovering the forest campaign is a completely different metric. It's like measuring zip code searches on our website, similar to our shelter-fed adoption campaign. It's how many people actually found a shelter near them after visiting our website. Mm -hmm. Foster care, how many kids and teens have been adopted from foster care. So every campaign is going to have a different metric that we're looking at, but those are really the four key metrics when we sum up how we evaluate a campaign. That's
0: really where they fall. Gotcha. okay. So again, you have the qualitative and quantitative metrics to really, again, evaluate the success of the indiv- of the individual campaign. There might be some nuance from campaign to campaign, but again, you have some objective uh, an objective read on the campaign's impact before we got on the podcast today you sent me a link to love has no labels the updated the updated campaigns around george floyd and and pulse nightclub and is it also combating asian american hate in the united states how did how did these sort of ideas come about you mentioned an advisory council who helps again formulate but how do you take something that's already been established and build upon it
1: Yeah. Love Has No Labels, that campaign has rich history dating back to, I think it was Coca-Cola, our our board member, Wendy Clark at the time, she had basically said, how do we create a campaign where we can bring these competing brands together for social good? And they came to the Ad Council because of where we sit in the industry to, if we're going to do something like this, the Ad Council should really be involved because we are Mm -hmm. connected to all of these, not only brand partners, but also media companies and issue experts. And so that was really the beginning of it. Of course, it, it has evolved so much since then. But really, that campaign is all about flooding the c- culture with messages of unbiased love to celebrate diversity in an effort to reduce bias, promote meaningful actions that create a more inclusive world across race, age, gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, and mm-hmm. disability. We know that hate crimes, discrimination, harassment, and violence towards marginalized communities are on the rise. I think the survey results are 33% of adults believe that they have personally been discriminated against or treated unfairly because of their race or ethnicity. Mm -hmm. So clearly an issue and something that we as an organization wanted to tackle to figure out how can we use the power of communications and media to raise awareness on this issue and also drive people to change their behaviors, to drive people to understand what their biases are. A lot of them, a lot of our biases are hidden. And so our website is a great resource. We have quizzes you can take and different resources to really understand actions of allyship, how to support organizations to create a more equitable world, understand the biases that you do have so that you can can take action on that. And we, since the campaign launched in 2015, we have seen that significantly more adults do agree that they can create a more accepting and inclusive environment. I think when we started that campaign, it was 61% of adults, and now adults surveyed are, is 70%. So quite a significant increase of adults saying that they want to do what they can to create a more inclusive environment. And we are continuously coming out with new creative. We just launched new creative at Cannes a couple weeks ago called love lives on these new films really encourage the audience to check them out. They amplify real stories of how individuals acted with love following instances of hate and injustice. So we have Bridget Floyd who is George Floyd's sister and we have Maddie Park, who funded cab rides to get people home safe after the rise of the hate towards AAPI community. And then we have Barbara Poma, who's the owner of Pulse Nightclub, where she really turned pain into purpose by creating the One Pulse Foundation to turn the site into a memorial and museum. And so all three of them, all three of those individuals, really took the pain of that tragic event to Mm -hmm. turn into purpose. And so the hope is that people will see these stories and be able to do similar actions and really just create a just and better world.
0: No, that's amazing that you're able to show the difference in impact amongst the adult population. With them, with those adults having confidence that they can make an impact, they can make this world a better place. It's not, of course, as we know in the digital social sphere, there's a lot of noise, a lot of despair, but it's great that again, that the ad council with these causes and with this breakthrough creative and working with these media companies is able to cut through that noise and actually show that this world is a brighter place and that what we see perception is not reality. So that's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned Coca-Cola previously and brand partnerships. There's a lot of talk, as you probably know, as you do know, because you again, you're living it, you're working it with brands that want to do more corporate social responsibility type work. So if I'm a brand, lorry how can I work with the Ad Council?
1: Great question. So, we work with brands a number of ways. I think the the great place to start is to sit on our board of directors. Of course, we can't have a thousand board of directors, but most of the big brands are represented on our board. And through our board partnership, you can fund a campaign. So, a lot of our campaigns now are funded by brands. That was a new model that we started testing out. I would say around five to 10 years ago, actually around the launch of Love Has No Labels is how do we get brand partners to actually come in to fund campaigns? Cause not nonprofits, especially smaller nonprofits do not have the big budgets that a brand might to Mm -hmm. really help us build all of the production that we need that goes into a campaign. And so They will fund campaigns. They also will be able to take that creative and use it for employee engagement. For example, Bank of America, who is a funder of Love Has No Labels. If you look at Bank of America ATMs, it says Bank on Love, and they're using campaign creative across ATMs in America. Pride Walks, a lot of these companies that are funding the campaign are using the Love Has No Labels branding and iconography in all of their Pride Walks and different employee engagement tactics. And so it really goes above and beyond just funding a campaign. It's like, how can we actually take this slogan, this creative, this strategy that we're building and actually have it be part of our brand ethos and our employee engagement programs and products that we're building. And so that's really what we try to do with brands is it goes way beyond just funding a campaign. It's they're involved from the creative process in the beginning and how to take that message and put it on products and things like that. Beyond our board, I think really it's looking at Ad Council's campaign issues that we have. We have mm-hmm. our over 40 plus issues on our docket that scan across health safety, family slash community, and education. So I think the first step as a brand is what issues do we have at the ad council that you really care about and is in alignment with what your employees care about and what you're focusing on from a CSR perspective. And if there is any alignment there, then Mm -hmm. I would suggest reaching out to the ad council, everyone, you can give my information in the show notes to say that you want to get involved. And that can mean a number of things that I just discussed from funding a campaign to building a partnership around our campaign to aligning it with the products that you're building. And so Mm -hmm. we are always, our door is always open to brand partnership. And it's actually a woman on my team, Maya Wahlberg is focused on this as her hundred percent full-time job is how do we work more with brands from a media perspective. And then of course, from just a campaign funding creative perspective. So this is a growing opportunity at the ad council, and our door is always open for partnership.
0: Excellent. And just going back to Bank of America for a second, Bank on Love, have they given you any feedback on its impact, or is it just, I don't know, it's not a it's kind of nice to have, but we just want to make sure that we're authentically speaking to what we're a part of.
1: Yeah, I don't have that information offhand right now, but I do know that information is available and I'm happy to follow up with you on that. But Mm -hmm. I do, all of the brand partnerships have continued to be successful because year over year they're continuing to fund the campaign and come up with new ways to incorporate this messaging throughout everything that they're doing, which I think is another just great piece about partnering with the Ad Council is that it's a continuous evolved process. Our issue experts, we're able to just make sure that the message is always key based on the recent research in the market and, and what's happening in culture. And yeah, I don't have that offhand, like how, how many ATMs or any sort of engagement metrics right now, but I'm happy to follow up with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just Bank of America is top of mind. I'm a mortgage holder with Bank of America. So selfishly, I'm just trying to like understand. <laughs> but if there's another brand, it's fine. They, they, if they're able to, to gauge the impact of its partnership with the Ad Council, it's fine. We can a- always follow up. My, I want to wrap up this conversation with, with what you initially talked about, which is your new role, which is emerging media. Sounds like Web3, crypto, decentralized internet. What is keeping you up at night as it relates to that world and what you're doing at the Ad Council? Uh,
1: So much. Such a loaded question. I think (laughs) for me, I told you that I, from 2013 to where I am now, it was really onboarding the ad council into what was happening on social media platforms. Which at the time in 2012, 2013, we were doing very little with the platforms, but it was very clear that was going to be the future of targeted advertising and engagement, and how important it was for us to really be on those platforms. And so, a lot of that feeling that I was similar similar to back in 20, 2004 is, or sorry, 2013, similar to what's happening now, which is. The, the metaverse is the talk of the industry and this future of how do we move beyond t- two-dimensional screens and what that's going to look like for the user and mm-hmm. walking through spaces versus clicking tabs on your browser. And so for me, I'm very excited about the tech and mm-hmm. how that is going to evolve and what that looks like for the Ad Council. Of course, we have incredible partnerships with companies like Meta and Roblox, the companies that are really already building for these experiences. And so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm most interested in you know, what that user journey is of someone that is experiencing an immersive world in the metaverse. What does that look like for social good? Are, are they experiencing with our cause because it's a storefront? Is there a immersive experience like a concert where they're able to build products to be part of that experience that we are putting on? And so I am very interested in how the technology and these experiences can align with the causes that we represent. As far as Web3 and this vision for a decentralized web, also very interested. I like to call myself like an enthusiastic skeptic because Mm. it is so nascent right now. We don't know what that is going to look like and if it will build the audience that they're they're saying it's going to build. It's so young right now. I think there's like 15,000 people in Decentraland, one of these (laughs) big decentralized platforms. But it's definitely worth keeping our tabs on. We're definitely at the forefront of trying to figure out what this new frontier is, where the marketing opportunities are. And I think for me, the lowest hanging fruit right now is more what I call really the metaverse. It's what we're seeing right now in gaming, these immersive worlds in Roblox, in Fortnite, in games like Minecraft. I feel like gaming is really Driving the charge right now in these immersive, what you want to call "quote unquote" metaverse experiences, whereas building a big partnership with Sandbox or Decentraland, these Web three applications, like I think that there's probably room to grow there, but definitely a lot of room to learn. And so that's how I'm approaching this right now: is learning as much as possible, meeting with the companies that have done very successful partnerships that are scalable, and where can we apply those learnings to social causes and what we're building here at the Ad Council. And so that's really my task right now. And I'm glad that it is nascent because we're all kind of Mm -hmm. building this together and learning together. And I think it's a good position to be in at the Ad Council.
0: Yeah, 100%. You're you're working and living at the nexus of all these incredible worlds, the creative world, the issue world, the media world, now the emerging media <laughs> and technology world. There, there's, it sounds like there's never a dull moment. It sounds no. like you're, it's you're constantly being reinvigorated on a daily <laughs> basis with the underpinning that what you're doing is having a social impact or social good. Um,
1: yes. And at the end of the day, we have to be where the people are. So if... The people are putting on a headset and they're in Horizon Worlds or they're building a world in Roblox or they're in some decentralized autonomous organization that mm-hmm. you know is focused on an issue that we are tackling. Like we need to be there. We need to make sure that our creative, our messages, our communication is where the people are. And if the people prove to be on these platforms and engaging in these technologies and deciding to own their own data and living in Web3, then we need to figure out a way to get there.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Lori, this has been a tremendous conversation, a, a lot to, to think about, to marinate. What I'm going to do for the people who are listening is I'll include some of the links that Lori has provided, ways for you to get involved with the causes and the issues that they're supporting and amplifying. And of course, if there are any sort of questions that I can filter on to Lori, I definitely will. But again, thank you again, Lori, for taking the time.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you can follow me on all the social. My my handle is my name, L-A-U-R-I-E-K-E-I-T-H on Twitter and Instagram. So if anyone has any follow-up questions, feel free to reach out to me directly. Of course, I'm also on LinkedIn and you can include my contact info in the show notes as well.
0: Sounds good. A all good one. right.
1: It's great talking to you. Thank you.
0: Yes. Likewise. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow the podcast on your favorite listening platform, or subscribe to the show Substack so you never miss an episode.